Well, I do wish you were here with us today. Um, There's about 10 of us in the room worshiping together, but I know there's a lot of you online, and, um, and I'm just, I'm thankful to be able to worship today. What a blessing it is, um, even when we can't have people in the building. I'm so thankful that we can join together, and, and so I hope this is a time for you to hear from God, and, um, and, and I want to ask us one important question today. I think the biggest thing that we can do um, as followers of Christ is to ask this one question, and that's this. How are we going to respond? How will re- we respond to the things that are happening around us? The truth is we have very little control over the circumstances that, that go on around us. I, I learned this this week. As a parent, you always learn this. Um, but, but this week, um, I, I think it was on Tuesday, one of the kids got sick as all of this Um, You know, virus stuff started. One of the kids was up sick all night. And then Thursday night, um, Megan took three of the boys and went out to stay out in Milford um, with her parents. And so I had just had Eli. And so we had this upward party and we came to the church and we played some basketball and with with some families. And then we we went home and, and got ready to go to bed. And when Megan's not there, Eli loves to stay and sleep in the in the bed with me. And so he comes in and and we're getting ready to go to bed. And all of a sudden he just starts coughing. And the whole time I just keep thinking like, what is he coughing all over my face? <laughs> like, what is happening here? So literally all night long, I'm laying there and my son is coughing after a day of talking about coronavirus and what's happening. And, and it just, as a parent, I have so little control <laughs> over what's happening around me. And, um, and so, you know, I, I started, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I started to have, I'm not typically a person that deals with a lot of anxiety, um, but I started to struggle with, oh man, what if we have it? We, I've been with the staff, I've been at church, I've hugged people, I've, I've, I was with all these upward families. What, what if I got it and my mind started to race and kind of the chaos just continued? And, and so we have very little control over our circumstances. But one thing I know is that we control how we respond to those circumstances. And so if you're watching at home today, I just want to say you, you can't control what's going to happen tomorrow. You have very little control over what's going to happen today, whether you're going to be sick or whether something will happen to you or what people are going to do around you. We can't control that. What we can control as followers of God is how we respond. And so today we're going to hear from, um, from the Apostle Paul, and, and we're going to look at um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. This is Paul's second recorded letter to the church in Corinth. So he's writing back to the people, and, and um, this letter is kind of written in the midst of some challenges that he's facing. So we're going to look at chapter 4 later, but I think we need to look at chapter 11 first. And, and, and the reason for that is when somebody writes something or when somebody speaks something, there's this issue of credibility. And, and I want you to see today that as Paul speaks to us about how we respond to, to difficulty, he has credibility in this area. Listen to, to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I'm just going to read it for you, starting in verse 23. And what's happening here is people have challenged the, um, the, the authenticity of Paul's ministry. They're challenging his integrity. 
And so he's responding by telling the people all of the things he's been through. And so this is 2 Corinthians 11, verse 23. It says this, I have worked much harder. I've been in prison more frequently. I've been flogged more severely. I've been exposed to death again and again. Exposed to death like I was Thursday night when Eli was coughing in my face. Exposed to death again and again, five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. So five times I was beaten by people. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have gone often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. So Paul says here, I mean, this is Paul recounting what he's been through as he's preached the gospel. This is incredible. If that's not enough, Acts chapter 23 verse 12 tells us another thing that Paul went through. It says this, the next morning some Jews formed a conspiracy and bound themselves with an oath not to eat or drink until they had killed Paul. More than 40 men were involved in this plot. I don't know what you're going through today, but Paul had been through it. I have never had 40 people that I know of conspire to not eat or drink until they killed me. This is incredible stuff. Paul, as he speaks to us, the reason I read this to you is as Paul speaks to us about our response, I want you to understand that he's not some guy that doesn't know what's going on. He has been hurting, beaten, abandoned, uh, hungry. He's a plot to kill him. And so Paul knows what he's talking about. And so anything we face, listen, I'm not trying to make light of our circumstances. I know that some of you are dealing with with some anxiety, with a lot of stress. I know that there's some fear out there, and and I know that some of you are are just struggling. I want you to know that, that as we look at God's Word today and what Paul writes to the church in Corinth, he knew very well what it was like to struggle And so we're going to look at chapter 4 now, and I want want to see his response. He says in verse 5, For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ our Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, Let light shine out in the darkness, made his light shine in our hearts, To give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have these treasures in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side. We are crushed, but um, we are crushed, but I'm sorry, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed but not in despair. 
We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are all alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. <clears throat> there is a ton here that we need to get to. But, but I want to focus on that first part. He says, we preach Jesus, not ourselves. First and foremost, in the midst of struggle, it's easy for us to think about how strong we are. It's easy for us to think about what, what we're doing to combat this. But I want you to know that the best thing we can do as followers of Christ is to preach Jesus, not ourselves. It says in verse 6, God said, let the, sh the light shine out in the darkness. And God put his light in our hearts. So in other words, we have the light of God inside of us. And when there's darkness around us, it's our job to let the light of Christ shine to the world around us. This is incredible stuff, man. I, I don't know how you're feeling, but I want you to know that you have the power and the light of God at work in your heart if you're a follower of Christ. And you have an opportunity in the midst of darkness to let that light shine out. We are called to be a people of light. And when there's darkness, people should see the light of God in us. What a high calling we have. How are we going to respond? How are we going to respond? Paul continues. He says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not us. He Paul says, we are like jars of clay. How many of you have been described as jars of clay before? I don't think there's anything spectacular about jars of clay. In fact, these probably aren't beautifully painted jars of clay. These probably weren't made in a store somewhere. He's talking about rustic, breakable, fragile jars of clay. God, so listen to this, God took his light, God took his power, and he put it in us who are fragile, who are easily breakable, who are not strong, to show that his all-surpassing power is from God and not us. I, I think this is just absolutely ridiculous, if I'm being honest. When I have a treasure... <laughs> I don't usually put it in a place that's easily breakable or easily lost or, or fragile. I mean, my, my, my mother was a big proponent of the fire safe box. And so I think my mom and dad actually had like three different fire safe boxes. Those are those boxes that if there was a fire and everything burned down, there would still be this box sitting there with all your valuables in it. And so, so we have this treasure when I have treasure, I put it in that fire safe box because I want to know that nothing is going to take that out. And it's nice because it protects it from fire and it protects it with the key. You have to have the key to get in it, which is a problem because we can never find the key. <laughs> and so, so we put our treasure in this box that keeps it safe. When we have treasure, we want to protect it, right? 
This says that God put his light, his treasure in us. Fragile, broken jars of clay. Man, that doesn't seem right to me. That doesn't seem smart. But here's the thing. The power of God is so amazing that the power of God can be at work even through ordinary, breakable, fragile people like us. And, and it shows that the glory is to God. Paul says, I have been hard-pressed, but not crushed. I don't, I'm just going to guess that, that a lot of us have felt hard-pressed this week. When I think of that, I think about the stress that's been involved with all the things going on, trying to make decisions. Man, Thursday and Friday, trying to figure out what the right things to do were. I felt hard-pressed. Paul says it's, it's like everything's pressing in on us. We are hard-pressed, but we're not crushed. He says we're perplexed. I'm going to guess that some of us have felt perplexed this week. We don't understand what's going on. We don't know why it's going on. We don't know what's going to happen next. We're, we're confused and we just don't know what to do. He says we're perplexed, but we're not in despair. Then he says we're persecuted, not abandoned, struck down and not destroyed. And I'm guessing that most of us probably haven't felt persecuted or struck down this week unless we tried to go to Walmart and buy toilet paper, and then maybe we were struck down. <laughs> maybe we have been persecuted. <laughs> but Paul says, I'm fragile, I'm, in, I'm a jar of clay, and all of this stuff is happening. It's, I'm hard-pressed. I mean, I, I'm, I feel like stuff is pressing in on every side. I'm perplexed. I'm persecuted. I'm beat down. But I'm not crushed. I'm not in despair. I'm not abandoned. And I'm not destroyed. Listen, we, God has put his treasure in us, fragile, weak jars of clay. And, and sometimes we're going to be in the midst of circumstances that are going to make us feel like everything is closing in on us. We're going to be confused. We may come to places where we're persecuted, struck down, hurting. But we have the power of God in us. I was thinking about this. The last few days have been interesting. Uh, we've been at home a little bit more the last few days than normal. And, and I was thinking about some of the challenges that face us in the next three weeks or so. First of which is the kids are at home. <laughs> which, the kids are at home all day, every day. <laughs> And, and I don't know about you, but for my house, if the last two days are any indication, it's going to be a long three weeks for Megan. Because I said, Dad got married. He's moving out. I'm moving into his house, at least until all this blows over. I'm, I'm going to be okay. No, I'm just kidding. Now, I mean, listen, I, I don't mean to make light. That, that really can be a stressful thing. Uh, but... But for me, I'll, I'll be really honest with you, the thing that I'm going to struggle with most in this, and this is sad to admit, is that there's no sports. What am I going to do with my time? There's no basketball. They canceled the basketball season. Maybe not all the way, but for a while, there's, there's not even golf. Like, what am I supposed to do? And, and so, 
So those are things that are, are small things, but listen, I, I know that some of you really are struggling in this time. I know that there's some of you that are, are dealing with loss of wages. Maybe you're not able to work the way you were, and, and there's a financial burden that's come from this. I know that some of you don't know how you're going to take care of your family through the next three weeks. I know that some of you are dealing with just crippling fear and anxiety. I think we all have some of that, but I know that, that that's an issue. And so I don't mean to make light because I really do think these circumstances are difficult and it is kind of like things are pressing in and it is hard. But Paul says, we're not destroyed. We're jars of clay. We have no control. We're breakable. We're weak. We're not immune to suffering and pain and struggle. We're not even immune to death. But God has put his treasure in us, and we are called to be the light of Christ to the world around us. And so I want to ask you again, as the people of God, with the power of God and the light of God in your heart, how are you going to respond Verse 13 says, it is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is your, is your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. See, Paul, what we heard earlier, he had suffered, he had been in pain, he had been hungry, he had been beaten. He, he was hard-pressed, but it never took away his faith. And his faith in God and his trust in God led to his testimony in God. And the coolest part is, in verse 15, he says, All this is for your benefit, so the grace that, listen to this, that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Paul's faith in the midst of struggles, led to his testimony, which led to God's grace reaching more and more people. Listen to me very carefully. There is no greater testimony of God's grace and God's power than when people, the people of God are hurting and hard-pressed and perplexed and struck down, but keep their faith and preach Jesus. When somebody sees your life caving in around you and you have faith in God, the grace of God moves and people see the power of Jesus. That's this idea. He puts the light in jars of clay that are breakable, but as we are faithful to God, God's spirit moves and people can't help but say, that's got to be God. If you're going through a lot today and you hold strong to your faith, other people are going to see that. And they're going to say, I want what you have. I want the God that you have. And so we have an opportunity. We have a great opportunity. Sure, it's tough. I, I would much rather be preaching to a room full of people. I, it's tough. But we have a great opportunity 
to show the light of Christ in a world of darkness. Our struggles aren't just inconveniences, they're opportunities. And there's never been a better time for the people of God, people of faith, to be a people of joy, a people of hope, and a people of peace. We're jars of clay, but if we stand strong in the midst of suffering, people will come to know Jesus. They'll be drawn to God. Verse 16 says, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. I love this last part. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Please listen to me. No matter how bad things get around us, no matter how bad our struggles become, when we respond to God, our response will determine what happens with our faith and with our lives. If we will respond in trust and faith, if we will daily focus on what is eternal and not what is right in front of us, the unseen, not the seen, this says, Paul says, we can be wasting away outwardly, but we can be growing inwardly. Listen to me. You have an opportunity to grow. You have an opportunity to become more like Jesus, to become stronger through the difficulty. That's incredible. The way you choose to respond will either make you wither or it'll make you grow. I want you to understand something today. God's power is at work in you. Listen, if you are watching today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want to encourage you. Send us an email. Make a comment. Do something because the best thing you can have in the midst of all of this is the power of the Almighty God that created everything at work in your life. And if you'll tune into that, you're going to grow. These challenges are an opportunity for us to grow. He says then in verse 17, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Man, I don't know about you, but when I'm going through something, I don't feel like it's light and momentary. But when I read 2 Corinthians 11 and I see that, that Paul has been beaten and has moved from place to place, has been shipwrecked, has been through all these things, and he's the one saying, light and momentary. And for, in Acts 23, there are over 40 people that are vowing not to eat or drink until they kill him. And he says, these light and momentary troubles. Why can he say light and momentary? We don't feel like it's light and momentary. Why can we say that? It's because in, the, in light of eternal, in light of eternal life, in the kingdom of God, these trials are nothing 
And so these light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that outweighs them all. Listen, I, I want to ask you again, how are you going to respond? Because if you'll respond through trust in God, through putting your faith in God, you will grow and people will see God at work in your life and come to know Jesus. We have a great opportunity as the people of God to stand strong, to trust in God. And so the last part, how do, how do we make sure that we're producing glory and not panic and destruction? Verse 18, so we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. I want to ask you today, where are your eyes fixed? Are they fixed on what the media is telling you? Are they fixed on panic? Are they fixed on social media, where are your eyes fixed? Because I just want to be real with you. If your eyes are fixed in the wrong place, you're going to struggle to have faith in God. If you're focused so much on what other people are saying, if you're focused so much, not even, let's take what other people are saying out of it. If you're focused on the negative that's happening around you, you're going to struggle to walk faithfully with God. Paul says, if you want to be a light, focus on what is unseen, not what is seen. And so I just want to end by saying there's good news in the midst of difficulty. And that's that the power of the almighty God that, that created this world, that created everything, the power of the almighty God is living inside of you. And, and if you'll focus on the right things, you're going to grow. You're going to get stronger. The band's going to come up. And we're going to sing a final song. And I love this final song. There's, there's some really great words in it. But what I want you, as you worship along with this final song, I want you to think about what am I going to focus on? How am I going to respond to what's going on around me? And I want you to choose today. I want you to choose to focus on the God that's bigger than a virus, that's bigger than financial troubles, that's bigger than our greatest struggle. And I got good news. I really believe this. I, I've told you several times, I, I would love it if you guys were all here I wish you were here, but let me tell you, I really believe, I really believe that if we will put our hope and our faith in God, that God is going to do awesome things. So let's sing about it. Let's proclaim it. Let's focus on Christ. And let's see the power of God at work and the people of God, Father, make us a people of hope. Make us a people of joy. I know there are people that have come into this morning struggling, but I pray that you would free our hearts from the struggle, and I pray that you would help us to be a people of joy, Lord. And I pray that our fragile, broken, our, our, our clay pots, that your power would overshadow, that your light would shine out of us, 
And that we would see your glorious work going through our lives even in the next three weeks in the midst of difficulty and whatever we face, Lord. We give it all to you. We trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.